HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink, inspiring public curiosity about food. Learn more at mofad.org. Borders seem to be all over the news lately. You've got trade wars, Brexit, and of course, Trump's wall. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring how borders are created and blurred in the world of food. We try to focus a lot on the fact that they are chefs by nature, uh, that the refugee thing is just a status for them. And after the Soviet space ended, I don't think there was much research. It was all considered just Soviet food or Russian food. And I don't think it gives a lot of those cultures credit. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's meet plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the show Life's a Banquet. The show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible! Starring your hosts, me, Brett and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! One another? Consider it done. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the show Life's a Banquet, the show about the highs and the deep dark, dark, dark lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. Starring your hosts... Zara Tangora and Brett and Scott. I can't believe I you fig- finally figured it out. I'm a professional radio host. You know, folks, I got my radio broadcast. I was actually just telling the story. I got my <laughs> broadcasting license when I was a, so- a junior in high school. Prove a it. A junior in high school, which Let's was see in, it. Let's see the license. Which was the year 19. No, it was, ni- it was 1993. Cobalt blue was everywhere. Uh, however, <laughs> so anyway, Second. we are. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm being so rude and hospitable. I've forgotten so quickly. Uh, we are here in Heritage Radio Studio. Zara with... We are joined by yes. the legendary, oh the God. one, the only, the homie. graced with the presence of Ms. Dana Cowan. Thank Dana you so much Cowan. for joining us. Yay! Yay! So happy to be here, and I love how you clap for yourselves. That's good. And me. <laughs> that was a, we've never done that before, but you inspired us. Dana Cowan We're of nervous. the wonderful Speaking Broadly podcast, also here on Heritage Radio Network, is kind enough to have joined us today and we have been spending a lot of time together this week haven't we we have i mean cooking talking cooking talking yeah, yeah. 
We've, but you know what we've really missed out on? What? Eating. Ah, <sighs> that is true. Well, yeah. that is all about to change. We can Isn't change it? that. I'm yeah. so that's why I brought it up. So we got together this week. We're not going to reveal our topic quite yet, but we got together this week, the three of us, crazy kiddos, on St. Patrick's Day to chug Jameson and green beer, and mm-hmm. uh, also Neither of which we actually did. <laughs> we made some tiramisu <laughs> for a certain reason, which we'll unveil. Kiddos, shall we? We made coffee. Uh, we made coffee. Thank you. Uh, Dana showed us how to make coffee her way and a way that you have learned. Although you said it wasn't necessarily your way, Just right? Just take one. She said, "Give me that. Give me that fork." All right, okay. Uh, and it was very interesting. And then we all dipped. We all dipped the the lady fingers in the coffee and then assembled the tiramisu. And. Mm. I'm just I'm getting a spoon. Oh my gosh! Here we are. Mm. How do you guys all like the sound of us eating on the air? Mm. Matt, you want to come in? Come on in. Mm. Mm. If this Tiramisu. were YouTube, it would be those. It's creamy. It's rich. It's really amaretti. It's also light. And it's really crunchy because of the amaretti cookies. We put amaretti in there. Mm. Mm. It's we the secret. It. It's the secret. You need texture. Mm-hmm. Mm. It actually, oh, you know, it's like, it tastes like a toasted almond ice cream. That's mm. just like a little that creamier. just melted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You could yum. sell this. We could mm-hmm. totally could sell, sell this. this. We could sell this. Is yeah. Guys, In fact, it's for good sale. Good job. That is delicious. Yum. It's for Thank sale. you, voice of God, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> God, so, God says it's okay. Why don't you right. all just give yourself your own podcast or just start listening to WTF with Mark Marin while we sit here and eat this entire <laughs> rest of his tiramisu? Since it's live, we have just a few minutes. Um, so, Breton, what else did you do this week other than make tiramisu? Other than tiramisu, the only other dessert that I made was I made some flan. I made a fish-shaped flan because I thought I have all those. Get the hell out of here! I have all those fish molds, right? Okay, folks, if you're listening out there, uh, if you're like me and collect one thousand things in your thirty-five square foot kitchen and you hang <laughs> them up on the walls, I tend to collect you know those copper molds. I have so many fish molds, and I have tiny fish molds, big ones, salmons, like curled ones, lobster <laughs> molds. That lobster one kind of looks like a, a strange wiener. Right? Yeah. Like a man's. What doesn't? A man's private part. I won't say that on air, because <laughs> that's completely unacceptable these days. But no, there, so I decided to, put, uh, you know, I made a proper flan. I was in Mexico, as you know, I was in Mexico City a couple weeks ago, and I, I'm like, flan, I need flan. I made orange flan, mm. put it in the fish mold, which is... Mm. And it was very good. The only problem, and I had a problem, is because we have a lot of problems uh, when we cook. I do. Mm-hmm. And I put too much caramel in the base of the pan. Not uh, possible. That's what right? I thought, but it didn't melt properly. Oh. It usually it melts into it. And I don't know if it was the pans or my oven. I poured, but you know, I did the hot water bath as mm-hmm. usual. I've done this before. And I don't know. Things just, and I even kept it longer in the oven. And I was like, why is this? But it didn't taste good. It was divine. So. It was divine, and yeah. that's really all that matters. But I'm working on the texture. I wanted we had when we were in Mexico, we had this like super light one that was just eggy enough, and mm-hmm. and it was twenty five cents anyway. So flan, that's that was my big adventure. What about you, Zara? Uh, I've been kind of not really cooking too much because I just started a new job this week. Which <gasps> is- new job. I'm the new culinary director for a restaurant management, a hospitality management, and consulting company. Which means in one year after our NDAs have expired, we can tell all of our crazy catering stories because <laughs> exactly. you probably won't be catering much anymore. Exactly. No more catering for me. Dana, what did you make this week? Well, I actually really went to town this week because I had my uh, college-aged daughter, Sylvie, home with like a passel of friends. Okay. And so, Mom more than usual, um, I, I did. I actually put her friends to work, though, so we made a risotto together. <gasps> 
And um, we may, I mean, I have to say, like, risotto is not something I make all the time. And it was perfect. Uh, and um, oh my gosh, wait, what kind of risotto? Mushroom. Of course. Yeah. Super, super, super classic, simple. And then I tossed in some mascarpone. We can see a mascarpone theme here. Oh. So, parm, Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. What did you have your, what did you have the children do? Just because next time I, I'm around kids, I want to know what to tell <laughs> what them. What kind of work to put I mean, <laughs> What's the worst part of risotto? It's all the stirring. I'm like, okay, so oh, you're yeah. in charge of stirring. Yeah. And, um, I have to go finish up some, some important so, tasks. Some that's adult. right. So, um, so. Uh, she did the stirring, Sasha. Sasha Williams, big shout out to you. You did a great Congrats. job. Congrats, hey wish, girl. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we're un, we're upset because there probably was no leftovers. Uh, there so were no leftovers, and I was eating my husband's and mine, which never happens because <laughs> usually it's the reverse. Like you yeah. can have half of mine, dear. I don't need to eat this, <laughs> but his just vanished, and that was me. Um, and then um, I made them like a seared steak and like a zillion vegetables because. She just loves vegetables. So if I was a college kid and had you as my, like, I was oh just my. thinking that. I'm like, can you <laughs> imagine mom. these kids? They're so lucky coming over to your house of all of the moms' houses. I think that there are probably a lot of mothers who cook a whole lot more than I do. But in any case, and then the next day, um, I was like, I'm gonna make corn waffles, and I'm like, that's great. But we had like one corn waffles. Yeah, Ooh. I love the. Well, Zara used to make corn pancakes. Yeah. Which with like really you know the greeny cornmeal, mm-hmm. which so yeah. I love that. And then it, I had bought a ton ton of fruit, so there's like a million fruits and food bowl. And then um, because I wasn't sure right there was quite enough, mm-hmm. um, I made pancakes with blueberries. So you had yeah. two types of carbs. Did you mix? Uh, just question cooking wise. Did you mix flour with the cornmeal, or do you do all cornmeal? You do a little bit of no. There's a little flour in the yeah right. In you the got cornmeal. Yeah yeah. Okay. So, um, like I said, more than um, more than usual. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it's so interesting just going from pancakes and waffles, all these breakfast foods. Just kind of really makes me hung- uh, thirsty for a good old cup of joe. Oh man, I'm right? tired right now. I could right? really use the wake up call. Yeah, I could really use an Irish coffee right about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is personally my favorite. <laughs> So, uh, folks, a couple things. First of all... Our topic is coffee, first of all. Hello, coffee! (laughs) In case you didn't get the tiramisu, the waffles, the breakfast, yes. Uh, But, you know, here... Okay, here are some of my favorite things about coffee. What are they? Now, I was doing some research this week, which, obviously, there's a humongous... It's just a huge topic. I mean, you could go... There's this documentary on PBS. It's three hours long. They They begin with slavery, right? So, talking about how... Actually, and today, I don't want to bring this down... Luckily, none of us are actually drinking coffee right now, but there is still a really, really large amount of slavery and low wages going on. And sometimes they say, especially in Brazil, I was hearing in in parts of Africa that sometimes the coffee, the harvesters and their children, and they're seeing, the farmers are seeing about one penny per cup out of that. So just this is something, so when you are somewhere and you're like, oh, single origin, uh, you know, crop to cup kind of a thing, like organic, sustainable, then you should probably get that. Absolutely. And, we should, I, and trust me, I've. it seems really innocent that we're just like, oh, that one, that coffee is cheap. I do it all the time. I get it. I didn't make all the laws, but all we right. can... Pay more, pay children, pay wages. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, but let, no, I don't want to be... Besides that, the benefits of coffee... Please, coffee know, enemas. So, okay, <laughs> coffee enemas. Coffee, it increases metabolism and it boosts your creativity higher dopamine levels and it might delay alzheimer's and reduces the risk of diabetes why would we not want all of those things sure because we're going to balance it with all with sugar and <laughs> we're about to all get diabetes <laughs> and, right. i don't yeah i don't know about you folks but when i wake up 
And I think, and I wish I had one of those modern coffee makers that you can set the night before. I don't, but uh-huh. I, I need the coffee. And oh, I, yeah. I don't know about you. What you- uh, no, like coffee for me is like, it's my moment. So it's not, I don't do it for the caffeine. I do it because I, mm. I like my cup. I have a Keith Krieger cup, which actually I brought to your house because mm-hmm. I like it so much. So cute. Thank you, Keith. And um, Lasting lavender. I Yes. Past, uh, pastel periwinkle. <laughs> and I, I um, so it's a very special color, all of you who are listening, wondering why <laughs> we'll talk is about, talking sorry. about crazy It was colors. the color of the coffee cup we all sipped out of communally together. It was our communal cup. Um, but that, to me, is the coffee moment. Like, you take a pause in your day, you take a pause in the morning, like, you sip a your coffee. A ritual. Right, it's a ritual. So it's not like, oh, man, I am so tired, because I feel like the counterbalance is also true. Like, I'm so tired, it wakes me up, and then <laughs> I crash. That is right. true. So yeah. I don't want that. Zara, you're, I've seen Zara. I've seen Zara. I seen Zara sometimes. In, sorry, my Wisconsin accent. You see I me seen what? Zara last summer. She's she's double fisting coffee cups in That's the farmers true. market. She goes to the she gets a, an americano or an espresso in one hand, and then a drip coffee in the other. It's true. But and then you yeah. drink coffee faster than any human I've I ever chug, seen. but it's not also not because of the caffeine. It's because I like the warmness of it. I like it hot. I yeah. like it hot. I cannot lie. What I will do is I'll get a cappuccino as a treat, which I will chug in two seconds, and then I will get my maintenance coffee, which is like my big coffee. But I'm not a really big coffee drinker. Other than that, I, I'm a one cup a day person, and generally I don't have a cappuccino and a coffee. That's only on special days when I'm with Brett and I need that extra bit of energy to keep <laughs> up. To keep up. Well, my little secret is that I am often overly caffeinated throughout the day. But you know I've gone through a couple of phases. And I, I don't know. Like When I saw you, you're like, yeah, I've had three sips. I'm done. I'm like at my <laughs> fill. I'm like, really? Because you haven't even drunk a whole cup of coffee. I would like to preface with I didn't drink coffee for two weeks, and I just started that week, so I've been easing back into it. Remember, I tried to go to tea. I, last year I gave up coffee. Get the hell out of here, tea. Tea. No, nobody. No re- thanks, tea. Oh, I embrace tea. I, I love tea. tea, too. We love I don't, tea, but we... Replacing tea with... I don't know. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's like saying, oh, I'm not going to eat bread, so I'll eat rice. I, they're not the same things. Right. I don't know, in my opinion. But right. I, I get it. I smell what The Rock is cooking. What else? I can see that we're all going to have an explosive argument in here, <laughs> so I'm going to change the subject. Dana, I, I saw Dana looking at me. She glared. She was so nervous. I mean, we love coffee. I mean, and tea, and also iced tea, and uh, we okay, love green so tea. Okay, so a couple quick facts, and then I want to get to your story. But I was... Let's go. First of all, my questions to myself during research is, A, where did the term cup of joe come from? Number two, where did that crazy, iconic, classic New York Greek-looking cup, you know, the we're happy to serve you cup, the one that you've seen on Mad Men and every other show, that, you know, classic New York that actually nobody in New York has anymore. You can't find it. Except it was porcelain. Yeah, except for the porcelain. But, um, and then the third question I had was where was, um, there was something, oh, the word mocha. And what, so, okay, so I have the answers. The word mocha I like this is a self-given test. Like, I, I write the questions, <laughs> yeah. and then I fill in the so answers, Breton, and I get an A. <laughs> now, Breton, I have a couple answers for you. This Thank is you. how Breton's whole life is, But no, so. the word mocha uh, came from potentially a, a Yemenese word, because Yemenis were one of the leading, the starters of, like, coffee exportation. Oh, and they exported to the Ottoman Empire, and from there it went to Italy, and the Pope called it the devil's juice, and... And, you know, Satan's, Satan's juice and Satan's blood. And the Pope actually condemned, it was condemned for a while. And then the Pope blessed the coffee. And from that point forward, through the, the trade ports of Venice, it reached all of Europe. And then from there, it made it to New York City. 
And then, so that's mocha was just wow. a word for that type of coffee. It has nothing to do with chocolate. Whoa. And so we, some, I don't know, somehow in the 1990s, like, Viennese coffee secret. They're like, coffee delights. Like, mocha, <laughs> java. So anyway, so that was that. Can the I stop coffee you for a second, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a quick question. Yes, Are please. you telling me that the Pope is a tea drinker? This, no, this was back in, yes, back in the day, a lot of people only drink tea and other things, or they just, just didn't drink. Clear. You're a very good listener. I just want to be clear. They also just didn't have, they weren't as creative, so, and they didn't have that stimulation in the morning. Now, uh, the coffee cup, the Anthora coffee cup is known, and it was invented in 1963 here in New York City, and it was invented by this man, and he sold the coffee cup and it became really popular, and he, he designed it for the Greek diners. Because there's so many Greek diners, and they oh. help popularize coffee. Because people, you know, we're all like, oh, every, before Starbucks and all that, coffee was a thing. But it wasn't, it was kind of like you had your Folgers, you had your Maxwell House, Taster's Choice. Mm. Yes, let's just remember, those are instant coffees. Mm -hmm. Something a snob wouldn't touch, except, except there's someone Shh. on this podcast who's not a snob. I told mm -hmm. Dana that I, when I was in Southeast Asia, I... I like instant coffee. It's also really cheap. And if you run out of coffee and you're in a pinch in the morning. You still drink it. At 5.40 in the morning. <laughs> I've seen <I'm> you. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you with that instant coffee. I'll drink instant coffee too. And anyway, so I, and I think that those, I think I answered all my questions. I think, Breton, you're done. All right. Well, why don't you just go, why don't you retire? It feels like, you, I feel like you should retire from podcasting now. You've reached the top, the now, pinnacle. May I ask you one more question? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Breton, let me ask you a question. All right, guys. And while you ask yourself a bunch of questions, should we take a quick break? Absolutely. Okay. This episode is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. Featuring a variety of interactive displays, MOFAD encourages eaters of all ages to be curious about food. The museum currently operates MOFAD Lab, a 5,000-square-foot experimental space in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where Chow, making the Chinese-American restaurant, is currently on show. This exhibition celebrates the birth and evolution of Chinese-American restaurants, tracing their nearly 170-year history and sparking conversations about food culture, immigration, and what it means to be American. It highlights the evolution timeline of Chinese-American restaurant menus, dating back to 1910, and also highlights a tasting section where participants get to enjoy tastings created by the country's most talented chefs who specialize in Chinese-American cuisine. Check out MOFAD's tastings and extensive event calendar at mofad.org slash events. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Allison Kane, and I'm the host of In the Sauce here on HRN. Now that I'm expanding my cooking school to a sauce line in grocery stores, I need all the help I can get. And I want to help other entrepreneurs build their brands, too. You can find In the Sauce wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Hello. Hi, are Breton. you going to start? Gonna, Dana. You're going to kick this Hello. Little, Thank you. Let's go to second gear, Zara. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> um, I have a funny joke to tell you all about coffee. So how did the hipster burn his tongue? I don't know, Zara. How? He drank it before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's, that's really a good. good. 
Did you make uh, that up or did you find no, that on I the internet? I read it on the interweb. You can find anything on there. Amazing. Huh? A natural born comedian, I tell you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, guys, you know what I thought was interesting about coffee when I, in my research about it is that it kind of caught on with the Industrial Revolution. Um, because until then, people were kind of waking up with their circadian rhythm. Circadian? How about circadian? Circadian? Yeah. Circadian. Sir. Sir. I say circadian like the bug. I yeah. think that's like a bug. I, I think, think it's, it's. I think it's about the bug though, right? Isn't that the rhythm? It's the bug rhythm. I think yeah. it's the sun's rhythm. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Or is it Circe, the the Greek god? I always look at the clock at four twenty. I actually so always look at the clock weird. at nine eleven. Oddly, uh, I mean, yeah. well, I look at the clock at eleven eleven. Oh my god, what does well, it all we mean? All got our but eleven eleven is, you know, like you don't know this. No, you're looking at me, you don't know this. Oh, well, know. if you want to make a wish to come true, eleven eleven. You have to do it at eleven eleven. It's four oh. ones. Oh my god! I have some wishes. Can no I give, can I, I tell you them? You can make them on my behalf. Uh, <laughs> no wonder I haven't achieved. The, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't you're looking at the clock at the wrong time. I'm looking at the wrong you time. Know, four twenty. I'm like Potsmark. Like four twenty, bro. Like you're wrong time. I'm too late. <laughs> anyway, cicadas. So the Industrial Revolution. People started having to wake up at factory time, and it was right around then that coffee and tea became popular because they needed caffeine. Of in the course. Morning. So also around this time, around the old turn of the century, but uh, we had a woman named Amelie Auguste uh, Metalia Lieberschaber. Wow, yeah. She seems to be many, that's very multicultural. That's like, but she, can I go back to circadian? It was uh, John Jacobs. Okay. Is any biological process that displays an endogenous entrainable oscillation of about 24 hours. These 24-hour rhythms are driven by a circadian clock, and they've been widely observed in plants, animals, fungi, and xenobacteria. Uh, I just had to tell you that. Oh, please. Thank you. Sorry. Actually, I'm kind of glad that I, I did know that it was something to do with ourselves, but... Yeah, the circadian <laughs> rhythm, though, for you guys who might not know. Yeah, that's the kitchen sink. <laughs> for <Okay>. Zara's <laughs> secret made-up word club. <laughs> So anyway, 1873, January 31st, 1873, we have Amelie Auguste Metalia Liebershire, which is a uh, uh, German name, if anyone yeah. didn't know. Uh, it's John Jacob Jekyllheimer Schmidt's <laughs> sister. She was born in Dresden, Germany, and she married a guy in uh, 1899, right before the turn of the century, named Johannes Emil Hugo Benthis. And he was a small business owner also in Dresden, Germany. Um, they had two boys together, Willie and Horst, and their lives were pretty traditional. Um, but one thing that always bothered Mattia was that in the morning when she would make her husband a cup of coffee, there was all this sludge that was left in the bottom of her copper pot. I, and I can tell you, if there's one thing I don't like is sludge. Well, you know, until coffee Dana sludge. came over the other day, part of our whole thing was that Dana was coming over to teach me to make coffee, which people might not know I've never made before. I was Im impressed by that since... Running a mm. restaurant and it was so I used to when alive. I used to work Be at Brucey, I would get I told I think I told you on Sunday I said it used to drive me crazy I would talk behind Zara's back like that girl thinks she does she doesn't know what she's doing she can't even make coffee <laughs> and then I was confused and then finally I realized it was a conscious effort you're like I don't do it like yeah I just it's kind of like typing you know when I was yeah. growing up. My mother would say, like, don't learn to type. You're just going to become a typist. So you just didn't want to become a barista, obviously. I didn't, although I think being a barista Funny is a great a skill. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Uh, magazine editor. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Mom. I just never learned. I don't know what it is. I just haven't ever. Well, I was just telling you earlier, Dana, that my mom had a thing in our house. Don't ever. There are no rules. And she also never followed any recipes. And so I think to me, coffee always seemed like something that you needed to have a recipe for. And it wasn't as methodical. But when you taught me the other day to make coffee, 
it's intuitive because you did it intuitively. Well, it's the anti-recipe recipe. So I um, I went to Twitter and I was like, okay, I'm about to humiliate myself. What can you tell me? <laughs> and I got some really great responses from people like some coffee um, college. You guys were amazing. And Blue Bottle got back to me. And and it oh. turns out there's just so much controversy in the coffee world because I was bringing you um, a drip coffee and I was doing it I was going to do it the way that I do it at home, which is basically it's a paper filter. It's one cone. It's a cup lavender mm-hmm. yeah. and um and then i just you know do a relatively coarse grind and then i just boil the heck out of the water and then pour it on top but i will tell you that is not how the experts do it at all so when oh, we they're got using scales and thermometers right. and, and when, siphons when we, right so when i came to your house i actually had been quasi informed by my friends um at on Twitter and discovered that I'm supposed to actually care about the water temperature, the grind, uh, potentially use a gold filter, although that seems um, questionable. Mm-hmm. Some people recommend, you know, doing two separate temperatures and two separate pours over the coffee. And I'm so exhausted. I, and that's wow. how I tried it first. And Before we all tried you're it. you're caffeinated, you're supposed to do this? Yes. I mean, and sounds- so we all tried that and we're like, it's okay. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, just uh, grind it and uh, <laughs> shove the water like on it. We like it better, actually. It and we liked better. it so much better. And yeah. you found out I drink instant coffee, so you do, you're like, and then oh, I'm this like, guy's hey, a whatever. joke. This guy's a hack. Yeah, anyway. we all yeah. proved that we were imperfect in some way. But as you mentioned, we used a filter. And the interesting mm. about Matilia is that her uh, contribution to the world of coffee, which was extremely profound, was that she took a piece of her son's paper out of one of his books and she poked holes in the bottom of a pot and invented the world's first coffee filter. Now I want to know how she poked holes in the bottom of a copper pot. This woman was must have been a beast. Uh, but well, she, she was German. She probably made yeah. a hammer and had brass knuckles actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah brass knuckles. True brass knuckles. Yep. So <laughs> she started pouring the the coffee grounds over the piece of paper and was born the coffee filter. Um, did she make money off of this? Well, she did. So the filter became the go-to for her and her friends when brewing coffee. And soon, her and her husband started a business together. They patented the invention in 1908, so about 10 years after she started making it. Um, And then it was called the filter top device lined with filter paper. So very, very... Very wordy. (laughs) Very wordy. They were were German, like... I think I could help that. Yeah, probably in German, it's like nine words. I know. They're all capitalized, and it's very confusing. Um, World War One began. Her husband and older son were drafted into the army, so her brother had to help her run the company during that time to prevent to provide income for the family. They had to also start making paper cartons, so they had to expand their paper business a little bit. Uh, her husband gets back from World War One, and the couple gets a small office, uh, and they spe- they sell the disposable filters um, for about um, thirty American dollars today. That sounds wrong. I guess they yeah. must have been very expensive. But I think it, 30 pesos. Probably 30 cents. Um, anyway, in 1911, it receives a gold medal of International Hygiene Expo. And then her and her husband, about 30 years later, in 1932, stepped down. So one thing that I think was really great about this story, though, is that she actually worked really hard to have work-life improvements. Um, she insisted upon having only five-day work weeks and up to three weeks vacation and a Christmas bonus. And this was kind of a bit like a big first. Hey, New York day. bosses, are you listening to this? <laughs> In the year 2019, we need a little more. That's the classic, you know. Yeah. So they also had a, they had some shakeups during World War II. They ended up having to work with the Nazis, um, unfortunately, to implement a, no, a national socialist model plant at the plant. But then they went back to normal after. 
there was no choice, it seemed, from my research. But they, they seemed were just like sort on of the right side of history. And, yeah. Okay. And she died at age 77 in 1950, after oh, her husband did. That's a nice long life. Yeah, and the company now is valued at about $1.6 billion. Wait, what's what? the company called? Uh, Mattia. Melita. Uh, Melita. 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 Oh, it's Melita. 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 I know. I'm a ter- I have inherited the You're dyslexic, curse. You? Uh-oh, she's turning into dyslexic, her mother. Dyslexic, but really a chronic mispronouncer oh, more than anything. But that's so charming. I, it is. Amelia Unless, Bedelia? Just, yeah, exactly. It's like you're, you know, I don't know about you, but you're, my mom always says something, and then, right, it drives you crazy. drives you mm-hmm. crazy. You're like, Mom, like, Fajitas are pronounced. They're not fajitas, mom. Oh. They're pronounced fajitas. And you're right. The thing, obviously, I'm a child in the my 90s. My mom says fajitas, which Fajita, just sounds like Yeah, my vagina. mom used to say fajitas. And then Is it that became like the after, vagina chronicles? Exactly. <laughs> a vagina filled And after fajita. so many years, it became her her cute thing that she would do, that she knew would trigger us. It would make us mad. And then it would. she'd be like, oh, anybody want some vaginas, everybody? And then you knew. <laughs> it still made you mad. She doesn't care. And she just comes out of the kitchen like naked. <laughs> <laughs> my mom did not do that. She still calls me Brandon. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, what's terrible. your name again? Families. Okay, guys. So on this, uh, we do chef recommends on the show. Mm. So it's like chef recommends. Uh, get real. And so this is today. like the part in the show where we like to give our advice. And this week, our chef recommends is going to be advice for interesting ways to use coffee, either in your life, on your body, in your car, in your hair. On a farm, in a plane, on a train, um, and or any weird ways in food that maybe we don't know about. So, Dana, do you have any coffee tips for us? Uh, well, I'm just gonna do the the coffee as the ride along. Okay, yes, like, please. You know, I'd say coffee is just such a great ride along to uh, to cake. Like, it's mm. I don't know why it's called coffee cake because there's no coffee in the cake. I think they just knew, mm-hmm. right? There's no coffee in the cake. No, it no, is confusing. It- I do think about that often. Like, did we miss it or something? Like, was like, it did it change part- over time? Yeah. Like, oh, in 1975, Fanny Farmer took it, the coffee out because she couldn't, you know, she was Mormon, didn't drink coffee or something weird like that. She wasn't Mormon. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but no, I think it's just because you're supposed to drink it, eat it with coffee. Right. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a, it's a ride along. And, um, you know, I love the, the coffee, the idea of a coffee rub. Now, mm-hmm. you can rub coffee, coffee on rub. so many things. You can rub coffee on anything. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? so I just, My husband <laughs> loves it on his chicken. <laughs> I love it on my beef. Ooh, oh, well. I like Hello? it on a sausage. Anyway, what do you rub coffee on? So uh, <laughs> This is a women and gay men's only podcast today. Um, it's a great exfoliant. Oh, you didn't know that. And um, But it's also, you know... Good on a cow. It is it's actually yeah. good, on, good on a cow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, and provides <laughs> the, it provides the bitter element, right? You know, in, mm-hmm. in cooking, it's like bitter, sweet, salty. And oh, you have a throat bubble. A what? A throat bubble. A throat bubble. <laughs> it was a tiramisu bubble. It was a mascarpone bubble. Yeah. That's the first. Of... Okay. That's yeah. a very good chef recommend. I like advice. that. I like that. Yeah, me too. I mean, and then don't forget the avocado. Oh, yes, of course. Which is co- coffee bath for the uh, you know, greatest amazing. ice cream. Yeah. Delicious. That is divine breton what are you what are your some of your tips for like weird ways to use coffee okay well am i supposed to wait till i tell you my my top three is that later 
Yes, that's okay. in the segment that we call top three. Okay, sorry, so my show notes have been four, so, 40 episodes. Sorry, now. I haven't had coffee and I don't know where my show notes are. They've been scattered all over, scattered yeah, amongst. Interesting ways, like if people are out there well, trying to use coffee in a weird way. I was actually just looking this up because I have been dying to grow, I've been dying to grow my own oyster mushrooms. And you can take, and there was that company, you can take your old coffee grounds, you can save them, put them in a bag, put them in a freezer. Because if you leave them room temperature, they will get moldy. FYI, I just did that. And they're uh, also really stinky. And stinky. Yes. So Keep them in the refrigerator or the freezer, your old coffee grounds. And once you gather up a certain amount, I don't know, a couple pounds, like enough to fit, you can actually inoculate your coffee. You can order oyster mushroom spores on, on eBay online, and you can inoculate your coffee grounds, and then you will get oyster mushrooms to grow out of your coffee grounds. Oh, my God. Because they don't, they can't have dirt. They can't have, you know, sometimes there's that vermiculite or perlite or something, but coffee grounds are a much more organic way to, to use that. And so I started saving mine. That's incredible. But I think I need a couple more weeks. That's a fabulous yeah, tip. Yeah, and then, you know, who doesn't want some mushrooms? So we're going to be having mushrooms and not, like, you're going to tiramisu next time. Yes. <laughs> or we can, oh, yeah, I have to give you my recipe for my mushroom tiramisu. It's yeah. fabulous. <laughs> I bet there's a way you can kind of do a savory tiramisu. Anybody out there with a the recipe, call me. Yeah. <laughs> if you're single, also call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's actually great. I mean, I can totally imagine a, a mushroom tiramisu. Yeah. You could make a savory. It's, that would be delicious. We're, we're it's devo- like a lasagna. It's, we're developing yeah. it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We actually, I'm going to, oh. I think we should try that. That's good. In all honesty, like I think a, it would like be delicious. Like a porcini, yeah. mascarpone. Mm-hmm. Um, layered with bread. With bread. Yeah. Oh I think we're, yeah, I'm we're writing, I already wrote corn, <laughs> corn waffles and mushroom tiramisu. Okay. We'll make that, <laughs> we'll make that next time. My tip is yeah, that, sorry, um, I am always looking for something to halt the aging process. I have just celebrated my 35th birthday and I'm next year going to be celebrating so my 34th, hopefully. And, so uh, no, I just, well, you know, I'm always trying to find <laughs> like organic skincare regimen. So one of mine is to put coffee underneath my eyes and in my eyes <laughs> and then I'll be blind and I won't know how old I look um no but uh so I've been putting it under my eyes to kind of take away some of like the the bags that I get from sometimes I don't know a night of over drinking maybe six seven eight hundred martinis <laughs> with Breton it's bad influence so I you know, things times are changing times are changing um it's margarita season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's rosé coming no more no more gin martinis so then, okay, since I know that you're dying to do our top three and just tell us all what your favorite coffee okay, foods are. Okay, so number are. three. <laughs> Why don't you start? I want, no, you know what? I'm going to be polite and have our guest go first. That is well, very polite. I, but I confused them because I could have just said exfoliating because actually my favorite coffee thing is an affogato. And then um, like a coffee rubbed uh, grilled salmon. Ooh. That, that, yes. Which is super tasty. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Of course I can. Uh, you can ask me yeah. anything. <laughs> I mean, slap. I said no questions. Uh, do it's in her rider. Do you any any sweet element to your, when you do your coffee rubber, you just do coffee? I just do uh, sugar. There's coffee, sugar. A little sugar. coffee. sugar, yeah. And you just kind of mix a little salt too, maybe? A little no. salt. A little salt. Yeah. Just... I mean, it ends up just, you know, like... And how long do you let I this don't, sit? I don't... Um... You know, like a couple hours. A couple hours. Doesn't okay. need much. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, grill. Good. Grill. Okay. Yum. <laughs> that sounds um, good. Because actually, like, somewhere, I just, I have this cowboy, you know, and coffee thing. Yeah. And so, like, the, not that I'm going to be going around with a tin cup. But or this, a chock but, full of nuts. But this idea oh, wow. of, you know, how those cowboys would just 
reuse everything. So they've got the coffee grinds. And I feel like that's how yeah. we ended up with all these coffee rubs and I, everything. I think that's actually very true. Uh, so. Do you have a third favorite thing with coffee? Um, yeah, uh, tiramisu, which is how we ended up with okay. it today. Yeah. It was your choice. This was your choice. This was, it's my A number one thing. Every single restaurant I go to, I try to I try the tiramisu because I love the combination of like the bitter and the the creamy. Mm-hmm. And, well, we added the emery, or you did. So, yes. um, something else slightly. But, but it is actually my A number one. Where's your favorite? Favorite. Um, yeah, yes. There's a restaurant that is... Um, near my mother that I that I go to with her and it's called Baratalia and it's the restaurant itself is sort of you know pretty run of the mill but that tiramisu every time I'm like I'm not gonna order it this time I'm not gonna order it this time uh, and I always <laughs> like okay listen will you split it with me and then eat the whole thing it's it's your tra- it's your your mom tradition I'm like oh I won't do it I won't do it okay well and I have the whole thing exactly I love it yum Bratton, what are your top three favorite things with coffee? Okay, top three favorite things. Okay, number three, I'm going to have to say coffee eclairs. Coffee eclairs are like a coffee pastry cream. I think, well, it it tones down the sweetness. I mean, obviously, like an avocado, it's that bitter sweet. I don't have to tell you that. But coffee eclairs, whenever I go to Paris, the first thing I do is find myself a coffee eclair. It is just, they're so good in Paris. Where's your favorite spot? You know, I can't remember the name. I don't remember the name. Uh, last time I was in Paris was probably four years ago. So I, I don't want to even just say that. But I make them myself. They're so easy. And I I don't know. You just, you know what? I sometimes use, that's where it got started. I was, would use instant espresso in my pastry cream. Mm. Only because, A, I think to get really good quality espresso, I would have to go to my coffee shop and pay like $10 to get a quarter cup of it. And then also when you mix that, that liquid into the pastry cream it kind of thins it out a little bit more than I like Mm -hmm. so that's why a lot of chefs use and pastry chefs use powdered espresso I maybe there's somebody out there being like this guy's an an idiot but no a lot of us I feel like I learned something that's good yeah so okay that's number three number two I mean, how, can I say coffee ice cream? God damn it. Oh. Yes, go ahead. I mean, That's the only <laughs> reason I drink coffee, right? So I can you put said, cream and sugar in it. I said, do you take cream and sugar, Dana, in your coffee? And, she, and you said, well, you said, I basically think of coffee as melted coffee ice cream. So yes. <laughs> and I'm glad that you said, because I take heavy cream in my coffee, and you said, the heavier, the better. But half and half is good, too. I just, you know. And then my, my number one mm. favorite coffee drink. Let it roll, folks. <laughs> I don't have one. God damn it. <laughs> what? I was going to say no, an affogato. Oh. An affogato. And I know you already said that, but it is just, it, there is nothing, more, it's two ingredients and it's, well, I guess there's more ingredients in the gelato, but you know what I'm saying? It's in that fior de latte gelato with a uh, mm. coffee. Mm. Sorry. Mm. How delicious. Well, mole. Oh, uh, yeah, hello. Oh, twist. Um, mole, mole, of course. And not all moles have coffee. FYI. The moles that do have coffee are for are me. The, are, the, <laughs> are the ones are the I'm talking that about you right were now. About. <laughs> um, number two is a little bit narcissistic, but Herself. we used to make a. <laughs> um, when I dunk myself in coffee, of course. When I take um, a coffee. <laughs> when I take an exfoliating coffee bath. <laughs> You end up, yeah, dunked brown. Exactly. Um, no, I used to make, well, we used to make a whipped coffee butter mm. at Brucey. Oh, I for, I can't believe mm. we didn't, you're right, the coffee butter. Delicious. And How do you make that? We, it, very simple. So really just taking coffee grounds, like really, really finely ground and just whipping it together with good butter. 
two ingredients. Some malazon. And we'd put a little bit of cinnamon in it sometimes, just kind of bring out the coffee flavor. Which um, was, by the way, she used to serve with her corn pancake. <gasps> so we were... Yeah. S- that is so good. We're back to the corn pancake. Yeah. We were talking really about corn waffles and corn cornmeal pancakes that and coffee butter with that is... Yeah. We used to do like a pancetta and chev corn pancake that would have a little bit of agrodolce and then coffee butter on top, and it was very delicious. I have to say, I'm very sad that Brucey doesn't exist anymore. I know, I know, it was fun, but we can <laughs> we know. can make a small Brucey. We'll have a dinner party some yeah. night. Um, so that was great. And coffee butter, we would make our own homemade, like beautiful sourdough bread, and have it with coffee butter. And people still, when I would cater weddings up until very recently, still like ask for it for their wedding. And That's I really right. You had that big thing of coffee. Butter. Yeah. And it's versatile and you can put it in anything like a pasta with like, a you know, some ground pork and just simple stuff, some sage, and then, you know, w- the, toss in some coffee butter. Anyone out there, uh, who's looking to spice up their life, make some coffee butter, compound butter, leave it in your fridge or put it in the freezer and just take out like a little bit each time you want to kind of make things more interesting. You'd roast it on chicken, put it on a steak. Um, and my number one is obviously a coffee enema. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought, yeah. <laughs> oh, because it was mine too. I just um, didn't want to say it on air. <laughs> you know, realistically, is it's coffee ice cream. And even before coffee ice cream, which is funny because now you know, Breton, I eat almost anything except for frog because I don't like frogs. I'm afraid of them. She's afra- deathly terrified of frogs. <clears throat> um, Live ones, cooked ones. Really? Yeah. Toads so, in the road. Why? Uh, just like a childhood phobia. From like living in a, a tropical place, and I, I'm just really, I don't like the them. tropics of. Uh, I lived in Frogville. Um, oh, it's a little known tropi- part of the Virgin Islands. It's called the tropics of Long Island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, in uh, in Florida, in Boca Raton, when I was really, really little. Boca. I don't remember it, but I am scared of them, and so I also won't eat them. And seems uh, like if you are scared of them, you should eat them. Just the thought of it, really. This is also the second time I've talked about this today because I was just having lunch at um, Bunker with a a co-worker of mine. And I was just saying to him, I eat everything except for frog. I had the same discussion. And he started talking about eating a bowl of bullfrog legs when he was in like Vietnam or something. And I was just like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Oh, I shouldn't mention this. But I also don't like breakfast yogurt. I like no sweet yogurt. I like savory yogurt. I like frozen yogurt. But I don't like yogurt. Like a Dannon yogurt. Oh, no friends, Dannon. Call me if you want to sponsor our show. <laughs> but um, the show is sponsored by Dannon USA. <laughs> no, it's not. But I don't like you know breakfast yogurt and yogurt and granola. But the whole reason I'm talking about this, I was wondering, is because when I was younger, I used to love before coffee ice cream coffee yogurt, <gasps> which is an almost non heard of thing anymore. You never see oh, it. Oh, I know all about coffee yogurt, and I still would eat it. I, my, my father s- used to eat a Dannon. Yeah, hello Dannon. Um, Dan and yogurt every single morning of vanilla Dan and yogurt. One, he was, and but my mother would have like a coffee Dan and yogurt, so yeah. we had them. You side know, I'm by surprised side. that company Siggy's or Faye or whatever. No one's done a coffee. No one's coffee. Hey, folks out there, coffee right. coffee experts. Coffee yogurt. Coffee I would yogurt. still eat it now, and it's so weird because I, I really just don't like sweet yogurt. Um, That's but a good idea. Uh, yeah. Coffee yogurt. writing that down. Yes, please. Coffee yogurt. Uh, the uh, 2019 market, folks, the year that Life's a Banquet and Dana Cohen brought back <laughs> coffee yogurt to the United States. You know where it started. Yeah. It started right here. It's in print. It's in or print. Also, I'm going to throw a wrench in it since we're coffee talking. I can't believe we haven't even referenced that yet. Mike coffee Myers talk. Able, he was not able to come today. Um, coffee, uh, chocolate-covered espresso beans. Oh, That's well. That's a good one. No, you know what's even better what uh-huh um chocolate chip cookies <laughs> with coffee oh, oh my a gosh. brownie with coffee like ina garten's with, outrageous yes. brownies that have powdered espresso instant espresso in them and that's why they're so good 
Wow, we really we yeah, are really opening ourselves so up much here. Batters. Yeah. So I think what we're saying is like um, infused in anything like sweet and creamy, mm-hmm. really excellent in batters. Definitely good to rub on all manner of things from humans to um, <laughs> yeah. to, to humans cows. to salmon. <laughs> yeah, to humans to salmon. And um, yeah, I think I think there's a theme here. Yeah, a few themes. A few themes. Coffee is good. Coffee is great. When I meet someone who doesn't like coffee, I say goodbye. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Tea drinker, Pope, whatever. Yeah. How do you feel about coffee? <laughs> Just kidding. Breath? I love tea. I drink so much co- tea. Can we talk about something coffee yeah. breath in the morning, like when you're? Doesn't phase me. Never. If you never a, notice it. Really, I notice it sometimes. Let's, and then when it's on me, and somebody tells me I have coffee breath, I'm more. I'm just devastated because I know how much I hate it. Where's your favorite place to get coffee from? Oh, my favorite place to get coffee from right now. I well, I make coffee at home. Uh, mostly like 99% of the time and I get it from Cafe Grumpy the heartbreaker and Cafe Grumpy go ahead you can sponsor us lifespeakwithpodcast at gmail.com uh, <laughs> sorry lifespeakwithshow at gmail.com no but uh, Cafe Grumpy has great roasted coffee I'm really into that right now yeah heartbreaker what about you my favorite coffee is La Colombe but I particularly like getting it from Bittersweet Coffee Shop in Fort Greene across from the park even though it is poorly designed and very Weird. difficult to get in and out of it is still my favorite coffee shop. Although, if you're listening, Bittersweet, please call redesign, us for yeah. a redesign. We would love to make your coffee shop more easy to get in and out of. But for some reason, it's just the most lovely coffee shop. The baristas have all worked there for at least five years each. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just a four green institution. I used to live around the corner. I and what it. about you? What's your favorite coffee place in New York? So we're talking about in New York because we all live here. Right. I, um, I tend to uh, scatter my energy. So I go whatever is closest like if it's devotion or um mm. you know Town or blue bottle or like i i am not religious about the where mm-hmm. but there needs so the things i care about because i assume that like all qual- all the color coffee, of your cup obviously i care about i care about that <laughs> and actually because of the color the of my cup i also care about the color of the bag so i brought you guys um coffee manufactory from um tartine from la mm-hmm. and they do these beautiful pastel bags so for me there's a, a lot of visuals oh, involved nice. and so like my uh coffee shop preference is to have some place that has gigantic windows oh uh, mm. yes so it's actually yeah. about the light because as i said it's all about the ritual for me like it's so much less about the actual coffee like i am not the connoisseur that says you I mean, sure, I'll say yeah. um, it's, you know, it's too acidic. It, like, it needs to be sweeter, whatever. But, um, but what I really care about is how the place make me feel. Right. Well, there's a cup totally. of joe for every man, woman, and child and anything <laughs> in between in this world. And that's the good, th- that's the good news, right? <laughs> So. It is. This has been a very uh, exciting, alert episode. I'm trying to think of coffee things, but my brain's not working because I haven't really had any coffee. I just We've actually it. just had cream. I ate half, half a sheet pan of, a, of tiramisu. And I feel pretty good. Dana, this was really thank our honor to much. have you. You're amazing and wonderful. And thank you so much for coming over and bringing beautiful coffee and bringing your expertise and class and grace and sense of humor and wonderful smile to our show. It was so much fun to do, I have to say. I, I love begging invitations to be taught stuff because I am such a terrible cook. And so just watching, watching you in the kitchen was so, so much fun. And then getting to eat it today was even better. And learning a little coffee history is fantastic. And because I spend so much of my time, um, you know, talking about women and thinking about women, I can't believe not only did I learn about, like, the history of filters, but there was a woman behind it, I which I just love. So. That's like it all comes together. That's so great. Nice. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And where can people check you out on the internet? 
on the internet uh, at Speaking Broadly on Instagram and at FW Scout on Instagram and Twitter. Cool. And please, please, everybody tune into Speaking Broadly. It's a wonderful, wonderful women-driven show about women and food. It's a beautiful listen, and we highly, highly recommend it. Thank you very much, everybody. Again, check out some of the other fabulous programs on Heritage Radio. And this is it. Brett and Scott signing off. And hasta la pasta. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.